Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. You know, I remember um, my early, the earliest days, probably the first year, my first year as a pastor. I was 26 years old when I started pastoring. And um, I, I've been taught how to win souls. I knew how to win people to Christ. We had been taught street ministry, and we did a street evangelism. And that was, it was like second nature. That was not that difficult to me. But I had a real struggle, a real struggle with leading people in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was a real challenge for me. And I remember the Lord showed me something. I kept reading. I, I, you know, I got stuck. I got stuck those first, if anyone was, was way back here, way back then first started the church there was a time when every week it seemed like every week for months I said okay let's open our Bibles to Acts chapter 2 I did it over and over and over and over and over again and then I started to get hung up on this Acts 2.33 when Peter was still in the middle of his sermon preaching about this is that which the prophets foretold and he, he started talking about the crucifixion of Jesus Then he started talking about the ascension of Jesus, the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. And then he started talking about Jesus being glorified at the right hand of God. And he said, this is what Peter said. He said, that which you both see and hear, talking about the Pentecostal blessing, the speaking in tongues, that which you both see and hear is because Jesus has been glorified. And that was it for me. I began to see that. And I thought, well, that's it. That's all I needed to know. That's all I need to get people to do. If I can get people to put their eyes on Jesus, seated at the right hand of God in the place of glory, and begin to glorify Him, then they can receive the Holy Spirit. Let's just try that right now. Just close your eyes with me. Just come into the throne room. Let's come before the throne of grace. Look up into heaven right now with your eyes closed, but those other eyes wide open, looking into the face of Jesus, seated at the right hand of glory. What does he look like to you? What is your vision of Jesus? Begin to lift him up right now. We just begin to praise him. Yara la masa randare, yara la brada randare, yanda mara masokoi, yanda la 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 masokondora, rastanda la 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 masanderesite, randa la 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 masokoresta, ramarasuranda maraye, yanda la 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 masorore, yanda la 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 masala la branda la 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 brate. Randa la 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 brasta la 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 braca la 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 brantesta. Yamastema, yamastema. Expand us, O oh God. Expand our capacity to worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat. You know, we're going to continue the prayer starting back up June 11th, June 11th through. July 1st, so keep tuned in, and we're going to start um, 21 more days of prayer. Some people really got blessed in that time, and um, 
So we're going to continue doing that. I also wanted to mention before I get too far off here, um, the Bethesda classes start this week. Two awesome classes. One on the Confessions of St. Augustine. I would highly recommend that class. And also New Testament Greek. Those are two things we talk about all the time here. Word studies, New Testament Greek. Augustine is one of my favorites. So that, those classes start this week, Tuesday and Thursday. You don't want to miss that. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's try. Why don't we try and see if the Bible's actually true? Let's check it out. You know, if there's, if you, if you want to know, if, you know, if you ever really, if you're really, there's a proverb you can, you can really try this proverb. If you really want to see if the Bible's true, it says in Proverbs, I don't remember the reference, but you could probably find it. It says, the ringing of the nose brings forth blood. In other words, you grab someone by the nose and do that with it, you're going to give them a bloody nose. So the Bible's true. Those kind of things happen, right? So hopefully you won't get your nose wrong tonight. But I want to talk about, of course, speaking in other tongues. I'm going to continue what we were talking about this morning. Why do I insist in my personal life to speak in other tongues? I have to. I have to. I can't imagine a Christian life without the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, to me, you know, the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues is not all there is to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but it's, it's connected. It's, it's so connected. It's like, you know, the, I have a tongue on my shoe. My shoe's worthless without its tongue. I've got to have the tongue in my shoe, and I've got to have a tongue in my Pentecostal experience. I can't live without that. It's part of it. So it's, it says, in, it's so there, the, and the, and the evidence, the actual evidence that you can know, that you know, that you can prove that the word of God is true, the evidence that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit is when you begin to speak with other tongues. It happens. It always happens. It happens like that. This is um, an example in Acts chapter 10. Peter was... Um, you know, Peter didn't know if the, if the, Jew, the, the non-Jewish people could receive the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, it was a Jewish celebration, and it was, even though there was people from different cultures and different parts of the world, they were Jewish people that came to celebrate a Jewish festival in Jerusalem, of all things. But Peter, some years later, was, was asked, but he had a vision there was an angelic visitation, there was a vision, and Peter found himself going into a Gentile's house for the first time in his life. Peter had never darkened the door of a Gentile's house until the Holy Spirit insisted that he went. So he went. He went reluctantly, but he went, and he took to make sure that he was covered. He brought some of his disciples. He brought several, five or six of his disciples. He brought with him to go to this house so they could watch and see what would happen. And they went to Cornelius' house, and when he, they got to Cornelius' house, there was a gathering of, of many of Cornelius' family and friends. Uh, Cornelius wasn't just anybody. He was a Roman legionnaire. He was an, an officer in the Roman army. And there he was. 
And there Peter was. And he says, the, I, 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 several days ago I was praying and, a, and an angel appeared to me and told me to send my, my servants to a house in Joppa to a place where Simon the Tanner lives and there'd be a guy there by the name of Simon Peter. Are you him? You're the guy? And, and so he went into the house. And this is what happened. Peter began to preach. Peter, got, he got wound up and started preaching his best sermon. He's getting, given a chance to open the, the word of God. And while Peter was still speaking these words, he was just getting started real good. The Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word of God. How dare the Holy Spirit interrupt Peter's sermon? But those of the circumcision, circumcision who believed, they were astonished. As many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Well, how did they know the gift of the Holy Spirit? What was the evidence that the Holy Spirit had been poured out? How did they know? They wouldn't have believed it unless they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God's. That's what convinced these Jewish believers that the Gentiles were getting it too. So Peter gets called on the carpet. He gets, goes to Jerusalem. The elders were asking him, what do you think you're doing? Preaching at a Gentile's house. And Peter said, I started to preach. The Holy Spirit fell on them. And then he added something to it. He said, the Holy Spirit fell on them the same way he fell on us several years ago. And they begin to speak in other tongues. So let's, let's try it right now. See if, you're, if your tongue is in operation. Come on. Magnify. Come on and magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Yeah, we're not preaching right now. We're magnifying the Lord. We're worshiping the Lord in our heavenly language. You know, and as you, as you begin to delve into this and begin to dig around, what will begin to happen is you'll begin to, you'll begin to touch deeper parts of your life. You'll start, start to, to find deeper parts of your life, different reservoirs of, in the Holy Ghost will begin to, to invade different parts of your life that you didn't even know existed. And he'll begin to take control and you'll begin to yield different portions and parts of you. And he becomes more and more inside of you. The Holy Ghost baptism is not a one-time thing. It happens again and 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 again. And we need that. So let's, let's go on here. Let's... Look, we're, we're just answering reasons why, why, I, why Pastor Frank Bailey speaks in other tongues. In 1 Corinthians 14, 2, it says, If you praise him in the private language of tongues, God understands you, but no one else does. For you are sharing intimacies just between you and him. Wow. Intimacies. The Lord brings us to a place of intimacy with him, a place of, of, of closeness, of nearness that you never knew that even existed before. 
When you begin to be filled with the Holy Spirit and you begin to give over, give over, you begin to open up those parts of your life that have been closed, he begins to fill you and fill you and fill you and begin to bubble up out of you and you begin to, to enter into this, this love language with God. You begin to speak love words. It's the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking in the heavenly language. It's a love language. It's love words. It's not angry, hostile words. It's the love, love language of God coming up out of your belly where you're, you're magnifying him and worshiping him. Describing his greatness and his magnificent magnificence out of your, your inner man, your spirit man that's been, that's been, your spirit man was dead and now you've been born again. Now your spirit man has been born again and now your, your spirit man for many Christians is not dead but has been sleeping. And that's the Holy Ghost comes and awakens. Awake, oh sleeper. Awake, oh sleeper. He begins to awaken that part of you that's been asleep to the things of God. It begins to fill you up and fill you up. And you begin to speak this, this strange language. It's strange to lost people. But it's beautiful to those with a renewed mind. The language, the love language of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so in this, this same verse in another translation, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but he's speaking to God. He's describing prayer, the prayer language. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but he's speaking to God. For no one understands him. Of course, they're not supposed to understand him. However, in the Spirit, he is speaking mysteries. So we begin to speak the, the language of mystery. Hallelujah. You begin to declare things, begin to proclaim things by the Holy Ghost. You're speaking this language of mystery before the Lord. It's beautiful. It's amazing. You know, it's, 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 you, can, you, can be, you can be describing things and proclaiming things that you didn't even know that were even a possibility. Declaring mysteries by the Holy Ghost. Now let's, let's keep on. We've got some, some more things I want to share with you about this. Why do I pray in tongues? Because of the, the supernatural help that's available to me when I pray in tongues. Oh my goodness. How many of you need help? How much help do you need? Well, the, 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 the problem is, is help comes when you realize that you need it. Pride blocks us from receiving help. Humility opens the door for us to be helped. As long as you think you've got your stuff going on, you can't be helped. As long as you think you're all that, you can't be helped. But when you come to the end of yourself and realize, I am, I am, I am weakness incarnate. I need the help of God in my world. You begin, to, you begin to tap into the strength of God. He begins to intervene in your world of weakness. And he brings into your world of weakness his supernatural strength. And this is how he does it, according to Romans 8. I love this. This is one of my favorite verses about the Holy Spirit. In the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us and our weaknesses. I love this. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings 
Too deep for words. Now, if you listen to people that have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, what do you think they're going to say? They're going to say, well, that's not talking about tongues because they don't even believe in it. Even the ones that say they do, they don't pray in tongues. Oh, we believe in that, but we just don't practice it. But this, this here, it says, the Holy Spirit helps me. Oh, this is beautiful. And this, even if you don't know how to pray in tongues, this might help you speak in tongues. When I give you this word, this, this is a word you've heard me teach about over and over again in my classes. The word helps. Paul loved these compound Greek words. This word helps. This five-letter simple English word translated from the Greek is soon anti-lambanomai. That's what it is. Soon anti-lambanomai. Try that with me. Soon anti-lambanomai. That cambras and that cambras satan and Soon anti-lambanomai. And it, it literally means... It means God grabbing a hold of you in your weakness and pulling with you. He's pulling with you. Whatever that means, whatever weakness you're dealing with, whatever weakness it is that's something that's, maybe it's dealing with, with, with something as simple as smoking cigarettes or, or taking uh, medication you shouldn't be taking, you know, uh, pres- prescribed medication, opioids or whatever the heck it is that you're taking. And you take that stuff and, and you need some help because you're, you're dependent on those things. Or maybe it's alcohol or maybe it's pornography. It could be, a, we could make a whole long laundry list. And you come to the end of yourself, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm tired of being a carnal Christian. I don't want to be weakness. I don't want to, I don't want to be defeated. I want to be victorious. I want power to overcome my weakness. And this, so, so that's, that's where the prayer language becomes so, so vital and important in our life. I can't, but he can. He breaks the chains. It's hard to smoke cigarettes and pray in tongues at the same time. It's hard to drink adult beverages. And pray in tongues. Oh, hallelujah. Give me another Bud Light. It's like, what? That was where we used to live. That's where we used to live. And that's why we had all those problems that we had. That got us into the mess that we were in. But he's brought us out. He's washed us from our sins with his blood. He's filled us with the Holy Spirit. And now we pray in tongues. And he strengthens us so we don't have to live in that miserable life that we used to live in. Oh, yeah, why do I pray in tongues? I pray in tongues because of the prophetic nature of the prayer language. Oh, I love this. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, He said, therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What's the conclusion? Then I will pray with the spirit and I will sing also with, I will sing also with the spirit. 
I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding. So he's describing his, his, his complex devotional life. Paul the Apostle, giving us a, a little look into his devotional life. And in another um, part of this chapter, Paul said something that was kind of, it's kind of disturbing to some people. He said, he said, I pray in tongues more than you all, he said. I pray in tongues more than all of you do. Now, I don't know he was talking about combined, total, or just individually, but he said he prayed in tongues more than anyone else at that church in Corinth, which was a big, it was a big ask because this church was all about tongues. But he was telling them, I, I, I'm not against tongues. I'm just, I just want it to be done properly. I want you to pray in the Spirit, pray in your understanding also. And, I, and this, 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 when you, when you get this in your life and you begin to pray in the Spirit, then pray in English, then pray in the Spirit, then pray in English, then pray in the Spirit, and then pray in English, what will happen is you'll begin to, you'll find yourself tapping into the wisdom of God. God will begin to answer some of your questions. He'll, he'll bring direction and guidance in your life as you pray in the Spirit and then pray with your understanding. He'll answer questions that you didn't know that there were answers for. He will direct you supernaturally by the Spirit of prophecy as you pray in tongues. And Amen. Let's, let's get a couple more here. I'm not going to, I have a list that I could preach on for a year or two here, but um, let me give you just a let me give you maybe two more. Um, Wow, this is keeping yourself in the love of God. Jude, we, we, we read part of this verse. We read, read, read Jude 20 this morning. He goes on in verse 21 talking about this. Jude said, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. So there's, you pray, you're praying in the Holy Spirit and you're being immersed. You're being immersed in God's love. That's what it is. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is the love of the Father for his Son. It's a per, the personification of God. The love of God is a person. The love of God is a person. The word of God is a person. What is his name? The word of God is a person. Tell me what his name is. The love of God is a person. What is his name? It's the Holy Spirit. He is the love of God. And you start, you start to be immersed in this supernatural life, this new commandment that Jesus gave to us. He gave the new commandment in John 14, 15, and 16 when he was teaching about the Holy Spirit. This is this new commandment, that you walk in the supernatural power. You walk in the, in the love of God. And this love, this love of God, is, is, it's, it's, it's so amazing. The love of God has two, two aspects to it. The love of God, it's the love for God and the love for, for people. 
It's the love of God. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, and we fall in love with Jesus. He becomes so important to us, and then we fall in love with people. Broken lives become our our passion. The love of God is poured out and poured out and poured out and poured out in our hearts. Instead of being angry, instead of being resentful and bitter, your heart begins to be consumed with the love of God. It's simple. It's simple. We drink of his spirit, and he changes everything. So, yeah, so let's... Ah, thank you, Lord Jesus. We'll just finish with this last one. Acts 2.28. This is on the day of Pentecost. Peter was preaching, again, answering that question. And he says, you've made known to me the path of life. Acts 2.28. He's describing... He's describing what was going on. Well, he was answering the question, what, why are these people acting this way, Peter? Why are they acting like this? What's going on? What is this strange thing that's happening here in Jerusalem? And he answered, part of the answer was, you've made known to me the path of life. You're making me full of gladness with your presence. It's the presence of God. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. The river is the presence of God. When we begin to experience his outpouring in our church as a congregation in 1994, what we began to taste was the true essence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's what the river is. That's all it is. It's the immersion of human beings into God, the Holy Ghost. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believed? That's a question Paul asked. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believed? Amen. Let's pray together. Just get on your feet. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.